G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. This is Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our second episode of 2024. Um, we're only doing these around monthly and it has been a big month, Michael, hasn't it? Yes. I think since the last time we've spoken, we've got seven songs come out. So there's a lot happening and it's just going to hit turbocharge in the next couple of months. Exactly. And also we've had other things going on mm. as well. Um, not just on our own lives, our little trip to Melbourne and Wellington, New Zealand was awfully fun, I must say. Yes, great stuff. But that's the things we can do now when we're not doing a weekly podcast. And fantastic to see Monty from Second Cherry at the tennis in Melbourne, which was lovely to see him. Oh yeah, all the way from the UK. Second Cherry Podcast, definitely worth checking out. Nice little surprise there. Uh, now, look, other than the national finals and songs coming out, there's been some other news, of course, as well. Uh, we had the semi-final allocation draw. Australia drew semi-final number one, second half. Yes. Always important. Mm. Have a few friends in there, like UK, Iceland, Finland, Sweden. Yes, Sweden. And good for Cyprus to get Australia. Exactly. We've got Cyprus in there as well. So, I mean, we always say, if your song's good enough, you'll get through. But in an all-tally-vote semi-final, it doesn't hurt to have some friends around. Exactly. Looking at the draw, there was a really, really good little uh, graphic by a ex-user, Twitter user called Dolphin Dane, who had every single bias of every country. And when you looked at what Australia could have got, we pretty much came out almost as good as we possibly could. Mm. Getting Sweden and UK was particularly good. I would have liked Malta, I must say. I think Malta <laughs> would have liked us as yes. well. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's I think it's a good draw and we just have to wait and see what our entry is. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to hearing what we've got, apparently. <laughs> It'd be nice if we could. <laughs> hey, look, for those people going, oh my God, when are we going to get news from Australia? Generally, unless it's been Australia Decides or a couple of years in December, it's always been at the end of Feb into early March. Yep. So just be patient. That's not unusual. Many countries do it. SBS in Australia isn't being more secretive than a lot of other nations. But yeah, look, you know, it's testing the patience, but we'll get there. Yeah, I'm sure we're actually waiting on a lot of songs from a lot of countries at this point. So we're no different. Exact mundo. And on top of the semi-final allocation draw, we also got the hosts, which we've got um, actress and kind of, I wouldn't say comedian, but a lot of comedic acting, mm. um, Marlene Ackerman, which is she's big in America as well. So mm. a big, big artist there. Um, big actress. And of course, Petra is back for the third time. Yes, third time hosting Eurovision. Quite iconic. Uh, I noticed, look, pretty much online, everybody was pretty positive that she was back. She is iconic with the entire contest. And the last two times she's done it, she's done a fantastic job. So not surprised there. Couple of people saying, look, third time, could we have someone a little fresh? I kind of get that sentiment too, but safe pair of hands, I think, for SVT. Yeah, I actually thought she wouldn't do it. Um, hmm. and I didn't know if that she'd They'd bring her back again, you know, it has been a number of times, but she's iconic. She's so good at it. She did such a great job on her own. And then her and Mons were such a great team. And look, I think it's one of those things now, I understand where people are coming from, but I reckon when you get to May, you'll be thankful yeah. that she's doing it because she's an absolute star. We got to see her live in Stockholm at our first Eurovision uh, and she'll be fabulous for everyone going there. Yeah, I think she'll do a fantastic job without a doubt. All right, shall we get on to the songs, Michael? Because there's quite there's the seven we've got to get through here and yes. some national final uh, results to talk about as well. All right, let's kick it off with one of our big five nations, Dale. Let's head off to Spain. We have a winner there. It is Nebulosa and Thora. <laughs> Cambiar por ti me da pereza 
Well, our winner for Benidorm Fest 2024 was Nebulosa. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, first of all, it was a shock, right? <laughs> I mean, I know that the group, because it is a it's a duo group, it's electro a duo. group. A lot of people refer to her. It's easy to do because um, she's the star, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they did win their uh, semi-final, but I kind of thought it'd recalibrate in the final. I didn't expect her to win. I always loved this in the studio, and I loved it live. You know, she's giving the mother energy, the mama energy, the Zora energy of the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's a fun bop and it's a bit of a throwback and it's done well for what it is do i think this equal first in a jury no no that is the most ludicrous jury result i've seen since festival kungas just a few months ago um but like i'm not angry it's going i'm just kind of just surprised and don't know how i feel about it going but i love the song Hmm. yeah i'll agree it probably wasn't one of the big headline favorites heading into benadorn it got a lot of jury love in both the semi-final and the grand final, but you could just hear the crowd every time they performed it. They went off. So maybe the juries were a little swayed with uh, how popular it was with the crowd. I'm kind of going to agree with you as far as the song goes. It's all very solid. There's nothing really groundbreaking musically here. We have heard it all before. Some nice little retro elements. I wish her lead vocal was a little stronger. I think that's where it's falling down a little bit for me. Because for me, it's almost like in the same realm as a Cicciolina. But it's not giving me the power that Cicciolina gave. So I think it's all very good. And you're right, in the studio, I think it's excellent. Just want to see that live performance get polished up and be a little stronger. Yeah, vocal. What vocal? (laughs) (laughs) This is the whole thing, right? How can you win a jury with that vocal? Like, she's not singing badly. She's just not singing very much. And look, we've seen this kind of vintage artist come out with a bit of this, you know, dated banger. And look, this is, we love that kind of stuff, right? But I never took it seriously. Mm. I never took it seriously. And how is Europe going to treat it? That's the thing. I think there were other entries that had points for Eurovision. And I think the point system of Benny Dorm just makes it really, once the jury's decided, it's almost all over. Now, I wasn't complaining when Chanel was chosen that way. So, you know, I think it is about realizing sometimes voting systems will go your way. Sometimes they won't go your way. Yeah. And I think that is the big question. Will Europe get behind this? Because I don't think it's going to get the jury love that it got in Benidorm. And who's voting for this publicly? So I know a lot of the Spaniards were like, who cares about the competition? This is what we like. And it did win the tally vote. But come May, and if it ends up with like a, you know, Blanca Paloma kind of result, as far as the tally vote goes, we could see some gnashing of teeth. But uh, who knows? It might become, you know, maybe a radio hit beforehand, something like that which might uh, help the Europeans get their heads around it a bit more. Yeah, I saw a few people kind of um, comparing to Chow Chow a little bit in terms of like, hey, this was going to be the song that didn't win the national final, but it could be a bit of a sleeper hit. 
But, you know, I think even Chow Chow's vocal in performance was at least it gave something, right? Or even Nochentero from last year. Exactly. was probably the biggest hit coming out of Spain from Benidorm and it didn't go, you know. Yeah, totally. So, look, it's going to be fun. It's going to go off in Euro Club. I'm just not sure it's going to go off on the scoreboard. But, hey, if the Spanish are happy with it, which I don't think they will become May, then that's absolutely <laughs> fine. And we'll Fair see enough. what happens. Exactly. All right, shall we have a quick little chat about else? Uh, the others are in Benidorm there, Let's talk about St. Pedro. He probably went in one of the favourites. Juries liked him. Not so much the demoscopic and the televote. Yeah, that was really interesting, actually, because I thought he had a point of difference, particularly in that lineup, that, you know, it was a beautiful piece of music and performed really well. And for me, I thought it stood out in that group. I was worried about how it would translate amongst 26 songs at Eurovision. Mm. To me, it didn't have the Salvador Sobral special magic. It kind of gave me more toilet break for a lot of people. Mm. But I thought it had jury points there. Mm. But I do think it probably had more points than Nebulosa. But in the end, I'm not angry it didn't go because I liked it, but I never got that excited by it. Yeah, I liked it too. It was all very solid, but it didn't really get the heart pumping, did it? I was going to say, he sang it well. The presentation was really odd. What were those sort of silhouette people twerking in the background <laughs> to, a, to a ballad, to a heartfelt ballad? Well, mid-tempo kind of ballady mm. thing. Mm. Yeah, look, I thought the shadow thing was a bit odd. Very I agree odd. with that, but you could have cleaned that up by just even get rid of them. Talking about cleaning things up, Jorge Gonzalez was another big crowd favourite there, Dale. What did you think of him? We'll talk about getting the heart racing there, Michael. (laughs) Um, Look, this was an epic performance, and this is a performance that is what a lot of people expect Mm. on the Eurovision stage. It's not about what the fandom think. This is about your Saturday night casual watchers. People would have picked up the phone for this. The juries wouldn't have really come for it, that's for sure. But there is overall impression, and I'm not just talking about his look and his aesthetic. Um, it was all very well done. Unfortunately, it just lacked a few more moments for him to vocally shine, to make more of it, because at times he did this kind of like half dance. I wouldn't even call it a dance break. He just kind of wandered around and did a couple of poses. Writhing around. Yeah, well, no, more the kind of like, you know, matador-esque. The, yeah. um, but it needed more. Um, particularly in the second half. But wow, what impact that was the best visual performance. And I honestly don't mean just the way it looked. I mean, it was hot, don't get me wrong, but it was a wonderful staging. Yes, well, the song was caliente, so it was kind of hot. I'll agree. The song felt a little languid. I mean, yes, it was reggaeton, but it was very much Muerda Me from Maria, which we heard back in, you know, 2019, 2018 kind of thing. So a little bit of a dated song, I thought, as well, probably went against him. True, true. He's much better than that song, I think. I agree. Last one I'll probably bring up is Angie. She seemed to be another one of the big crowd favourites, another one of the fan favourites. What do you think of her? Well, look, I have to eat my words in a preview video with Liv from the team who loved this. I said it was going to come midfield and Jorge (laughs) would beat it, and Angie beat Jorge. Um, my thing on this one was she was very good and she did a very good job of it but ultimately it was a dated early 2010s alternative rock song written by Swedish songwriters mm. including Thomas Gison. Yes. so everyone getting in there alt this is so special um, and normally hate Sweden you would love in a Swedish song yeah fair enough <laughs> I have to say it was consistently in the points with juries demoscopic and the tally vote so it did very very well to probably end up where it probably deserved to be it was very very solid and mm. I could understand and if I was a jury member, I would have voted for it. She was very charismatic too. Yeah, she was. Anyone else catch your eye there, Dale? Anyone you want to talk about? 
Uh, not really, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> Probably overall, I thought it was more style over substance of Benny Dorn this mm. year. I thought visually everything was very good, though. Maybe far, maybe one too many backing dancers. Some songs just, you know, that's a heartfelt ballad, as you said, and they've got backing dancers. Um, you know, diminishing returns on songs, Yes, I'll say. I'm going to say that as well. I think production-wise, it looks fantastic, but we're just not getting the quality of songs we kind of got in the first edition, which is pretty hard. That was a pretty iconic edition. So maybe a little format tweak, possibly, because also we're seeing big audiences watching, but no one voting. Yeah. So maybe there's an issue here that they don't feel their tally vote is being uh, counted properly, because they're only 25% of the vote, So yeah. whereas the jury's got 50. So, yeah. And the jury pretty much decides the order only swap between two positions in the final from the jury, because there's not much you can do in capped um, pub, uh, public voting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, still very, very good from Ben Adorn, but maybe we could uh, like look to freshen it up a little next year. Well, on the same morning here in Australia was the final of Norway's Melody Grand Prix, and we have a winner from there, Dale. This is Gata with Ulvaham. Well, I'll kick us off on this one. What a very interesting piece of music. It's the first thing I've written down here. Now, it's it's very folk rock with a big dose of metal thrown in. Now, not really my kind of music. I'm going to have to put up my hand and say this. And it's not something I'll probably rush to listen to in the studio. But I have to say, once the performance comes uh, onto stage, it all comes together and, and it all makes sense to me. I think they've got a very, very solid package ready to go here. Oh, God, yeah. And you've hit the nail on the head. It's all about the visual performance um, and how it sounds, of course, with that. Studio, I was like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> and it was down towards the bottom for me. Then I watched that semi-final performance and I was completely won over mm. because there's every element coming together. Her performance, the way she just um, she knows how to move her body in a way that comes across so well with the song and with TV. The cut shots to the different um, band members is fantastic. Uh, it just is atmospheric. It really just works to the point I can listen to the studio now because I've got the visual in my head with it. Um, but yeah, it's really, really interesting. It always goes to show you've got to wait for that live performance to really judge a Eurovision entry. Uh, I was really stoked that it won, even though I was equally as sad for Kano not winning. Yeah. I was split. I, I was felt very torn, as Natalie would, Brulia would say. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We uh, ranked all the songs on studio prior to the semi-finals, and this was probably in my bottom three. It just didn't really hit me in studio. But seeing it all of a sudden, I was just like, wow, that's going to win. I'm also going to say in Norwegian, first time for quite a while that we've mm. had a song sung in Norwegian. This is pretty risky for the Norwegians. They're, they're generally a nice, tight pop package. How do you, I don't know, any thoughts you reckon this one might go? Well, I think you always, I feel like audiences in a nation always get it right to a point about what they want to do with something. And we'll probably talk about that with Ireland later. And we've seen that with Australia when we had Australia Decides. Norway have been getting the most consistent results at Eurovision and doing super well. And I think Norway has gone, we want to have a chance at the top crown. 
I don't know if this can obviously win, mm. but you need to go for something more than just a public vote influence one. Something that could work with the juries could tank this, but they could love it. The public could tank this or they could love it. You just don't know. It has that wildcardness to it that you need to have that risk to have a real chance mm. and i think norway said hey we want to send this rather than everything else we'll send and hey we'll go back to euro pop cheese next year yes i'm sure they probably will <laughs> let's have a quick talk about the others in the national final you've already touched on one of them our runners-up were Kano, pretty tough second time runner-up and by six points this time dale yeah, it's almost like football, almost like our beloved Socceroos who went out... You had to bring that up, uh, for ...the Asian Cup on the weekend after a last-minute equaliser and losing an extra time. Sometimes it's just better to lose 2 or 3-0, you know? And I think for, for Kano Kaino, um, that I think I would have just liked to have seen them lose by a bit more of a comfortable margin to make it feel not as heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Because when they had that lead in the jury, I did suspect that they wouldn't do amazing in the public compared to maybe how they could have done previously... Opening the show, no doubt, did not help them. Mm. Interesting, maybe if they didn't open and went a bit later, could that made up the points? Who knows? But ultimately, uh, they had a crack at it. I don't know. Is it? It's on the zeitgeist of everything happening with Eurodance at the moment. It could have been the one to stand out that way. But ultimately, I still don't think it's as good as Spirit in the Sky that had that magic. And I don't know whether you're going to keep going back to the well to try and beat something that probably was your your highest moment for a Eurovision song. I just don't know if it can be done. Feel for them. They've been told, you've got to appeal to the juries. You've got to appeal to the juries. They'd won the jury and then, again, lost by six points. So got to feel for them a little bit. They have said at this point, probably won't give it another crack, but hey, maybe they're just a bit emotional at this point. Another one I want to mention, Dale, my AI. <laughs> Christ almighty, this is the uh, dystopian future that we were worried about. What did you think of this one? Um... Look, I love that it was in there. I I love that it was in there. I kind of was on board for it being part of it from the start, but then I got worried because it's absolute trash. Like, it's terrible. It's horrendous. It's worse than Aqua and that band Toy Box at the time put together. It was horrendous. And I was worried that it might have a shot at winning. It was actually did okay in the jury. But, uh, look, it was fun. It was fine, but thank God it didn't. It's going nowhere near the Eurovision stage. I want to put in a trash compactor and pulped, <laughs> so it never ever appears again. All right. Oh. I was also going to say, Dale, just quickly, better format I thought from this year from Norway. We kind of had our three semi-finals, bang, 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 straight to the final. All felt a little punchier. Yeah, I think ultimately they've learnt every year from this new approach of the semis, and it's better than it used to be for sure. Um, I like having the semi-finals, and a lot of the songs that missed out were really good or really fun. Like Woman Show was really fun, and there Ooh. were some other really good uh, songs in there. So you didn't feel like there was this dirge and filicorn queens as such in the semis mm. like it was it was a good um good melody grand prix overall and a cracking final in that stadium with amazing interval act between the um jury and public votes as well i will totally agree i think melody grand prix back on track well Dale, one of the most anticipated national finals of the year was coming out of Ireland this year with Eurosong. Now we had a winner there. Let's have a listen to Bambi Thug with Doomsday Blue. I see the scars in your eyes. I, I, I know you're living a lie. I, I, I dance 
Okay. Well, what do you think of this one, Dale? Well, the biggest thing coming out of this is Ireland taking a risk. And that is the biggest story of the whole lot. It was what everyone was waiting for and what was going to happen. Was Ireland going to choose another safe mid-pop song that had no chance of getting out? Or were they going to take a risk on something? And they took a risk. Bambi Thug did a fantastic performance on the night. They are very confident in their approach. And it was something different that you are going to remember whether you like it or not. Yep, totally agree. So first and foremost, well done, Ireland. And you could see, we'll talk about the national final a bit more in a moment, but you could see the will to take some risks. So well done. Having said that, do I like the song? (laughs) Um, I don't hate it. I'll put it that way. Again, it's probably not something that um, would really resonate with me. I don't think it's bad. There is a lot going on, a lot of very different elements we traverse throughout the song. I'm not entirely sure they'll meld together for a lot of people, particularly on first listen. I think that's where I think the Achilles heel is. Yeah, look, I'll talk about the positives. Hmm. Easily, um, they did the best vocal on the night in some big sound mixing issues as well. That was the only downside. But the, the mix of genres... There's a nice transition actually into the melodic bit and actually that's my favourite little part of it. Now, I've said this in several different channels. I find the verses very amateur theatre, very drama student at university, uh, the kind of sing-talky delivery of it, I just find so off-putting. And, I mean, maybe that's my personal taste, but I just don't think it comes across super professional. I do feel there's a level of, this is a Eurovision stage, you're going to need to bring a bit more than, I don't know, that. Uh, The rest of it is very good uh, those little fingers on that little those um on the dance, outfits on yeah the that's really cool. cool and look it is going to be memorable but i think everyone's getting a little overexcited because island's taking a risk doesn't mean it's going to work out we've got a lot of this type of songs we've seen things flop in the past in this kind of genre um the, the getting up to top 10 in the odds is just the most ludicrous thing i've ever seen top 10 to qualify is a lucky odds at this point, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of going to agree there. I will say, I think staging is really, really important for this. If they can pull it together and make it work and make it kind of transition well into each of them, then I think we've got a good package on our hands. We have got a few witchy, rocky songs already. So as far as, you know, USPs here, it's probably, it's got a crowd market already, which is odd considering they've taken a risk. So... You know, it's got a pop on the stage. I don't think it's dead in the water like Wild Youth was last year. Like the minute they picked that, they were gone. But I'm worried about its chances. I really, really are worried about its chances here. It's also in the same semi-final as Ukraine and Slovenia. Probably better packages of a song, I think, both of those. So, look, I'm not saying it can't do it, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to buy my grand final tickets <laughs> if I was Irish thinking I'm going to be there because it's not, not a guarantee, not a lock for sure. Yeah, and I hope Ireland and Irish fans see this is a right step in the right direction. You may not get your payoff this year. You mm-hmm. may. Who knows? We yep. could be completely wrong. But it's got a... This, compared to the Spanish people, they should be happy. 
about this direction and be happy with what they're sending, even if it doesn't make the grand final. It is a step in the right direction. There, could you imagine the meltdowns when it doesn't? But also, let's talk about Slovenia compared to Ireland. Ireland's in the first half, Slovenia's in the second half. Who's got a bigger budget? Look at that video for Slovenia. Raven's got some money mm. behind her. She's going to pump it in. How much money is there really for Bambi Thug? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Very creative. Um, I think they're a good artist. Uh, and as I said, I like their confidence. But I'm just really worried about how this is going to look on that beautiful stage yeah. in Melma. I agree. And when we get to this massive stage, look, with some creativity, I think the whole thing can work. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Shall we talk a little bit more about the uh, national final, Dale? I will start. I think it was a massive improvement. And I think it was a massive improvement because of the will. They felt like they had a crack with what they had. Yes, there was probably some sound issues, and it's not the biggest stage. It's done in a studio. That's fine. But I felt like, hey, they put some passion into this. Yeah, I mean, it was still pretty low budget, um, but it was a low base. Very, very, very low base. So, again, steps in the right direction. I think we also just need to be like, let's not go over the top for a pretty mid lower mid national final here no disrespect Ireland can still do better than this Mm, Ireland can do better than this don't settle just because you've improved this is still not good enough um, and they can still do much much better but you've taken a step in the right direction I agree and I want a spa hamper yeah. They looked amazing. <laughs> Christ, maybe save on spa hampers and put that into yeah. the performance. Look, I, no, it's still unha- we've been very harsh on Ireland, and there's a reason why, because they can do so much. It's all there for them. They can do just as well as many other countries. So, you know, I ho- I wish them the best, right direction. Uh, I don't see this getting off my the bottom of my rankings, so I'll say. All right, well, one of the most look forward to national finals of the season was that from Luxembourg, who have returned to the competition. Now, we had a winner there, Dale. Let's have a listen to Tali and Fighter. So what did we think of Tully? Well, I love this. <laughs> so basic. I, look, the thing is, I am basic. I don't care. I'm basic. Look, this is a personal taste thing. I loved it from the start because, number one, I love the, the mix between French and English. And it is just a bop and it's a bop done well. I think a lot of people in Luxembourg will come up on the stage in that semi-final, many people expect to hear some French. Now, I know it's not their main language, but it's what people remember of them in Eurovision. So they're going to expect French and they're going to deliver. And her performance was fantastic in, what can I say, a very expensive, Ooh. they've got money, very expensive, uh, what you call it, national final for Luxembourg. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm probably not as keen on it as you. Um, This all feels very solid to me, I've got to say. The song is catchy and should stick with people. She can sing the song and perform it because I think she's quite a good performer as well. It shouldn't be too hard to stage. I think they've got a good concept already. So all the elements for success, I feel, are there on this one. Um, It does feel a little dated, just a little. I wouldn't say it's the most modern piece of music, but it's fine. It's Eurovision. I think this is a really good chance. It's something I hear and I'll, it sticks with me. 
And I think it's one of those songs on first listen, it will stick with you. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident with this one and add a bit of good sentiment heading Luxembourg's way with their return. I could imagine this is sailing through. I think I'd be feeling pretty confident about <laughs> yeah. it. It's just, and it's not about what is a better song and what's not a better song. It's like I can hear the Bambi Thug people yelling at me going, <laughs> you love this dated trash, what you don't like Bambi <laughs> Thug, you've got no taste. Well, maybe in some eyes I don't, but... I think they just say that to you anyway, yeah, though. It's true, yeah, all my songs, right? <laughs> but if you analyse this, Goodwill to Luxembourg, it is a bit of a bop. There's not a lot of pop bops so far Ooh. this year. Also, she does great choreography, without it looking like a Chanel ripoff with many others. We'll get to Malta later. Um, <laughs> looking like that this year, you know, a lot of people compare. I think there's enough elements and the song's so kind of different that it does sound different. But I agree with you. It is a bit dated. Live from our team said it reminded her of a Destination Eurovision French national final from 2018. <laughs> and that is exactly the era, right? Yeah. But I love yeah, Destination Eurovision 2018. Six years ago, though, unfortunately. I know, but it's it's very much around there. So I agree with you yeah. on the datedness. Yeah. yeah, no, I'll agree with you as well with the choreography, etc. They did enough without overdoing it and still allowed her to sing, etc. So I think there's another gear for this one as far as presentation goes, but I think they're very, very much on the right track. Yeah, exactly. And if it makes a final, it's that kind of like, okay. you know, teens into early 20s area, but who cares? Luxembourg just want to be in that grand final. Mm. Now, you did mention the national final previously. Thoughts? Because the first thing I wrote was, it looks expensive. Very, very <laughs> expensive. Um, yeah. I think really well done overall. Uh, the points... Delivery was pretty terrible. Okay. Um, I get very hung up on that. It was done really poorly. But overall, I mean, they wheeled it out like every Eurovision winner, I think, for the past 50 years, yeah. <laughs> whether they were zooming in from their car or performing on stage. Gosh. So it was a cavalcade of stars and money mm. and performances, and it looked good. And yeah, I mean, well done for their return. Yeah, absolutely. I thought production values were great. Each song had a good concept or decent choreography, all that sort of thing. It felt very well thought through. So big thumbs up for their return. Now, Crick, um, who was the mm -hmm. other artist, what, the song was Drowning in the Rain. Mm -hmm. uh, that was runner-up. Actually won the public vote by a single point. Mm -hmm. um, do you think was it better to send Tali or would, do you think the other song would have been better? Uh, I'm probably with Tali. Probably, I, I probably lean towards this style of music <laughs> a bit more anyway. But no, th this felt like the right package on the night, I thought. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I thought Crick, um, now look, it, it was written by Elsie Bay, or co-written, who mm -hmm. has been in Norway before, and it did sound very much like an Elsie Bay song, which some of, there's some lovely little moments in it. Ultimately, I think Crick probably didn't have, she was 90% there with the vocal, and it really needed to be 100 to mm. really stand out, not just at that national final, but also at Eurovision. So I think for the chances of getting through, which that's their victory, get through to the grand final, I think Tala is the better option. Yeah, I will agree with you on that one. Okay, Dale, now we're heading off to one of the big national finals of the year, Vidbir and Ukraine. Let's have a listen to their winner. It's Aliona, Aliona and Jerry Heil with Teresa y Maria. <laughs> Well, Dale, we did get a winner eventually. 
<laughs> what do you think of uh, Eleona and Jerry? Yeah, well, well, I'll talk about the song first. We'll yes. get to the drama later. <laughs> uh, wow, this has got instant instant oh. appeal. Take away the entire situation, and it is a powerful song immediately. And I really like that um, you've got this very kind of deep, dark vocal and you know that kind of sound we expect from Ukraine. But then I love the rap coming in to give it some... Uh, modernism it just needs something else to just bring it a little back into 2024 and that combination which sometimes can fall really flat works really well here and i'm so impressed to see jerry hale go from that awful vegan song from a few years ago (laughs) to something i thought this is much much better than what she was going to try and go with last year and on the situation and we know there's always a public vote this is our first big kind of it's up there like I'd be very surprised for it not to be top five rusted on already and obviously it's, it's jumped up to the top of the odds it's got every chance of doing very very well um, come May I agree I think this is our first contender for the season really for the crown I've written the first thing I've written is wow I mean like Ukraine you do it again you know how do they manage and nobody in Eurovision does this to meld these different styles together and yet keep it modern and cohesive it's absolutely stunning. I really, really love this song. And with the right staging, this mm. will hit. Now, there is some comparisons going on to the other ethno folk songs that they've sent in previously. I think this one probably leans a bit more to 1944 yeah, in, in, in style than, than perhaps Shum. Oh, massively. But um, this is this is fantastic. And another chance to win here for Ukraine. Seriously, I just think it's rusted on top five rusted on and it would have been a really good chance of doing well regardless of the situation yes because ukraine always have been so that's another one just forget the whole thing obviously when we analyze how it could do but talking about the song it's just really good and i agree Mm. the staging could be magic Mm -hmm. but it that's what's going to give it the winner or not yes if it could win it's all going to be about how how you can make that staging magical because to me that has more initial listener appeal than a 1944 and we all know Jamal's performance and that wonderful staging got them the win um (laughs) but this has more initial straight off appeal if you can replicate even three quarters of what Jamala do then you've got a good chance yeah yeah like I'm very much a pop kind of guy but this works for me big time big big time well, Dale, we did mention Vidbeer and there was some drama. Uh, talk us through a little bit of what happened there. Well, yes, the national final is always goes very long, but it went particularly long this time. Was four hours or something, yeah. wasn't it? So basically, well, they did the show and then they were waiting for the results to come through and it was all being done by an app. Mm-hmm. Now, this app is where they have all their documentation. Every citizen in the Ukraine has this and there were massive issues going on with the app. Who knows where or how or Mm. where that came from, but they couldn't give the results. They were stalling to try and see if they could fix the issue with the app. And so for hours on the live feed and Paul Cooper from the Ozovision team who was covering Ukraine just had to listen. It was meant to be English um, um, subtitle, like um, spoken commentary over the top and she kind of gave up halfway. (laughs) She went home. She just went Game Con- up. Contract was so, up. Yeah, Go she on. was like, no, nope, that's it. I'm going home. It's enough of this. And eventually, hours later, hours and hours later, they just said, look, we're not going to get a result today. We're going to go. It's going to be tomorrow. And they gave the result. 
um, the winning song, which we just heard, got seven times the amount of second place. 750,000 odd votes to like like 90-something thousand, I think. And so then there were Melvin, who came, I think, third, was saying couldn't trust the vote someone pulled out before the votes were announced oh, gosh. it was all just drama um drama from the both the extension of the vote of the issue and then also the artist response afterwards and you know what i love this annual tradition michael oh, because this is vivia there is drama every single year someone spits it <laughs> someone spits about the result you know there's always something i have to say i do love it they got to speed it up a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, they really, really drag it out, even given the whole voting uh, problems. you still got to speed it up, people. Come on. Like, oh, it's a it nightmare. just seems to go for a long, long time. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't be Vidbiota without a little bit of drama, and this year it was around the voting. But mm. as always, it doesn't matter how it's chosen. In the end, they always pop out something the other side that does damn well, and this is no doubt going to do very, very well again. Yes, we'll totally agree with that all right dale well now we're off to one of our personal favorite national finals that comes around every year and it's malta and their malta eurovision song contest and we had a winner and it's sarah bonici with loop it was obvious you'd end up like this not my father you got 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 me on All right, Dale, talk us through Sarah. What do you reckon about this one? Well, look, I can see why this one. It won the jury. It was just second place, I think, in the public vote. And it was a very competent girl bop performance. And the song isn't that bad. I think her choreography is such a borrowed concept. I mean, they literally are the exact same moves of Chanel and slow-mo. Like, you know when people say, oh, this is just, you know, slow-mo again. And like people used to say, this is just another Fuego. The choreography is like almost literally the same at points. Um, But also, can I just say, well-performed. She put a blindfold on. She did a front flip or back flip or something. And she was very good. I see why this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm also just going to pick up on that point. I don't think I mind if people borrow from performances for national finals. For example, you can borrow heavily from Chanel. I'm not saying she did, but you can't go to the contest and do it. No. But I think for a national audience, it's fine. For me on this one, this is so Maltese, Dale. <laughs> just so Maltese. It's all fine. The song is fine. Her voice is fine. The presentation was fine. The dance break was fine. But nothing else. Like, it's not going to blow anyone's socks off this song. And and this seems to be the problem for Malta, I think. I think they're, they're very good. They're very solid. But unless they're exceptional, they really, really struggle to get the points. And I'm thinking we're falling back into that category again this year. Yeah, unless they pump the money in big mm. time, like Tourism Malta comes to the rescue again. They really, really, really struggle, and it ends up being... Look, they're a small nation. They Mm. love Eurovision. They put so much into it. They fall into the old island camp, and even sometimes the Australia camp of just sending a very generic song that could be from anywhere. It could have been written by the Swedes. It could have been written Mm. by the Germans. Who knows? But it just... 
you've got to do something to stand out. Yeah. And I know, and we'll get to another song later, I know no one wants to go into novelty, but I think for Malta it was the choice of either send something so brilliant that it doesn't matter and you can overcome anything, or you've got to lean in hard. Because look what the busker did last year. They had three points, and yep. I thought they did a good job. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, this doesn't stand out to me. It's not instantly as likable, not instantly as memorable, and they got three points last year. You know, they're so. in trouble. Yeah, they're I, in trouble. I think this—they're the country that have suffered the most from the change in the semi-finals. Oh, because, massively. As I say, you know, they—they they just really struggled to get the votes. This semi-final, no Australia, no United UK. Kingdom with them. Tend to be no too, Ireland. Yeah, tend to be fairly beneficial. So I think it's just a bit of an uphill climb for Sarah. I do think this is not bad. And I do think there could possibly be another gear here, particularly with a little bit of a revamp of the song. But um, yeah, I I do see it struggling a little bit, I think. Yeah, it's definitely worthy of the Eurovision Mm, stage. I don't think it's the worst performance and the worst song amongst the lot. I don't know who that is. Um, But I think the thing is, like, I just... Uh, it's just it's, where do the points come from and the problem with this is I just don't see who's going to put this in the top 10 unless you find another gear or you find another song mm. because I wouldn't be surprised I mean it's okay but I'm not sure like I think Emma Musket was better um, mm. this is probably one of their weakest they've sent for many years and they've been struggling so uh, it's an uphill battle yeah. um, It's but Sarah will get her moment and I think she's worthy of it but it's not getting through to the grand final not in the current guise I'd imagine alright let's have a quick chat about the national final what do you think of MESC this year Del? Um, as always it's drawn out for no particular good reason I'm speaking another one who could get to move on people come on it was very interesting how like the auditions were very low key in that kind of bar or whatever the situation was and that was fine then they had all these kind of videos that they put out that were actually looked pretty good production. Then the final was just in a TV studio with no audience. Mm. Now, Malta's known for their wonderful national finals with an amazing audience, and I think that's probably one of the best things about it. Mm. It felt even less if that was it just that the one thing that goes for Mesk is just the the love of the contest on the island. Uh, or the nation and all the bank ads. We had all the ads, but we just didn't have the audience and it felt flat and lifeless. Mm, it definitely a smaller version, wasn't it, of the national final this year? You know, times are tough around the world, so all the broadcasters are struggling, so I kind of can agree. I guess we'll talk about the other song that probably stood out on the night, Matt Black with Banana. <laughs> what did you think of this? Oh, the song is awful. <laughs> it's just... But it probably should have gone. Oh, What? <laughs> Well, the thing is exactly yeah. what I just said. Like, if you want to send a song for Eurovision to get points, some people are going to pick up their phone for the absolute novelty factor of this. Because if you use it up a bit more, him riding that giant banana was epic. On Twitter, I was saying it was the most iconic thing of the whole season already, and for the full season, nothing will beat it. Now, I was kind of tongue-in-cheek, obviously, <laughs> but there was some truth in it. Like, yeah. it was quite an iconic thing. And when you get to the end of the night... In a televote semi-final, this is what we've got now. This would get more points than Sarah Benici. It's just an absolute fact. Yeah. In the current guys. I will current I will actually agree with you. I do think this probably would have been the one to send because at least 
people might remember you and might vote for you because at the moment just can't see the votes coming so um yeah as crazy as it was i would have probably preferred a bit stronger musically but uh yeah it certainly caught the eye and that's the kind of contest we're in at the moment for a kind of country to send something and the public did choose this you have to go with a big crazy banana to have a chance of going compared to a very competent good song that's where we're at now with the public voting but that's where it is totally agree that is the set of parameters we have the only other person i will mention ryan hilly please give the guy a decent song one day because he can belt it out and at least we can get him over and done with and get him over the line and see him at eurovision exactly All right, Dale, so no national final for our next one we're discussing. It is Slovenia and Raven, who we knew would be heading to the contest. She has released her song, Veronica. Let's have a listen. Thoughts on Raven and Veronica Dale? Well, I'm glad she's going. She's obviously competed in their national final many times, and it feels like there's a bit of effort behind this if you just judge the music video. Because essentially, if you're going to put a lot of money into that, you're probably going to be putting a lot of money into your performance. To me, this is a visual song. It's a visual spectacular I'm expecting to see on the stage. I don't whistle it down the street. I don't think anybody (laughs) does, right? I think the subject matter is really interesting, like literal witch, drowned, and all that kind of stuff. And so I think there's a lot to play with the staging of this, and it's going to need to, because the song itself isn't the most remarkable thing out there. She's a really interesting artist. She could get it over the line, but it is going to depend, because you do have those other songs in there that we spoke about earlier. But look, it's a decent effort from what we can see so far. But this is going to be a very hard song to judge until May. And when we do all the kind of previews and all that kind of stuff, I feel like I'm going to be saying the same things over and over again. It's all going to be about the visual. Who knows until we see the staging. Yeah, I kind of agree. Another one with a lot going on musically in the song. I'm really interested to see how she performs this, to be honest, because the vocals we've seen in a national final can be a little hit and miss, and there's a lot she has to do in this one. For me, the staging's critical. If they get the staging right, this seems tailor-made for the Eurovision stage, and it could be stunning. If they get it wrong, it's Iru from last year. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, very much. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. So... I have my doubts about Slovenia and staging. Like, when was the last time they put on a decent stage show? That's true. Last year, yes, the boys were good, but all they did was have a steady cam and roll around and film some boys. They they were the staging. Exactly. Because there was no concept. They spoke for themselves in who they were. There was absolutely no concept. So, yeah, um, it's really critical Mm. they get this one right. Otherwise, it could just end up looking a little flimsy like Iru ended up looking. But um, there's potential here at the same time. You're right. When I think about Slovenia and I think about staging, I think about simplicity. With, you know, uh, the duo with the keyboard. Mm. That was probably one of the better ones. But, I mean, it wasn't over the top. Starscape was too 
awkward kids staring at each other. Exactly. Uh, Leah Cirque had to turn the lights off. Mm. Tinkara had a flute. Mariah had some headphones. So that could have been a lot better. They've never gone big, have no. they? Really on staging. Not in recent times I can think of. So, yeah, unless there's... You're right. Unless there's a big, big, big production with this, they, they could be in trouble. And, yeah. hey, they're in our semi-final. I don't mind if some <laughs> stuff starts falling away, please. But, I mean, <laughs> she's, she's been knocking on the door for a while and they've obviously internally selected her. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are throwing a few euros behind this one. So I'm expecting a bit of a stage show. True, true. Right, well, we've caught up with everything, Michael. That's been quite a bit to get through. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot coming our way. So you won't be waiting a month until the next um, episode. We will probably be back in, I was reckon, probably about a fortnight. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Otherwise, the thing will go for two hours. We'll have so much to talk about. Exactly. And look, we've got San Remo this week, which is massive. Finland are choosing their artist song with UMK, Latvia. Germany, Estonia, Denmark, Lithuania, Moldova, Israel, but let's not talk about that. Um, there's a load happening, so let's just wait and see what comes up in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be back to talk through it all. Yes, looking forward to it. Plus, we've also got Mellows on at the moment for our hosts, our Melody Festival, and so lots and lots on our screens at the moment. Exactly right. Well, look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Catch you later. As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.